Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. From the Society for Nautical Research, in partnership with Lloyd's Register Foundation, I'm Sam Willis. And this is the Mariner's Mirror podcast, the world's number one podcast dedicated to all of maritime history. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Mariner's Mirror podcast. Today is the start of a few special episodes on the maritime history of Scotland, which, as a man of Scottish blood, I am delighted to announce. You will also be pleased to hear that I am also a man of Welsh blood and we are currently working on a special series of Welsh maritime history podcasts as well. I am also, you guessed it, a man of Irish blood, so we will certainly complete the trilogy. I will then try my best to work out how I am related to someone in Hawaii as an excuse to go there. But for now to Scotland and its remarkable maritime history. First up, I'm delighted to introduce you all to the excellent Ben Saunders. Ben is a senior marine archaeologist at Wessex Archaeology, based in their office in Edinburgh. He works on producing wreck assessments for national heritage bodies, pre-construction assessment and mitigation for offshore developments, and community-based projects investigating the enormous marine archaeological resource present across UK waters and its coastline. In short, Ben is a very, very busy and very, very important person, as well as excellent company. I should just say something here also about Wessex Archaeology, who are something of a force to be reckoned with, and I remember fondly working for them on numerous occasions when I was a freshly qualified and deeply irresponsible undergraduate in history and archaeology. I helped excavate a Neolithic site on the banks of the Thames, as well as a Roman site in Hertfordshire. Wessex has been established for 40 years now and is the UK's leading provider of archaeological and heritage services, above ground, below ground and underwater, delivered by over 320 industry experts from an international network of offices. Ben got in touch with a fabulous story of history and community engagement which I loved and I knew I had to bring it to you. As a registered charity, community engagement is at the heart of what Wessex Archaeology do. They are committed to promoting education in science, the arts, culture and heritage. The knowledge gained through serving their commercial clients is used to enhance the experiences of individuals, communities and organisations. And during lockdown, they came up with a cracker of an idea. 
The COVID-19 pandemic put enormous strain on mental health and resulted in the cancellation of projects designed to support the well-being of isolated veterans. With funding from the National Lottery Community Fund, Wessex Archaeology ran a training and research project based around two World War II mini-submarines in Abilady Bay, East Lothian. The Abilady X-Craft project, supported by Breaking Ground Heritage, provided hands-on survey training and produced a condition report of the wrecks, while also inspiring eight individually researched projects, five of which have been taken through to completion, and engaging over 30 veterans. The project is part of Wessex Archaeology's long-standing work using heritage to support mental health and well-being. Using 3D models of the wrecks completed through photogrammetric survey as inspiration, the project assisted the volunteers to develop their own research projects. These included the construction of scale models of an X-craft with training in artefact scanning photogrammetry, research into the loss of HMS Glorious by a relative of one of the casualties, the use of X-craft in the Far East, the medical conditions that affected submariners, I'm particularly interested in that, well done who thought of that, and the assessment of the Fred Bowne archive, one of the survivors from K-17, a submarine lost in a training accident in 1917, which became known as the Battle of May Island. As an aside, if you're interested in the history of submarines more generally, and particularly the K-Class, do check out our dedicated episode to the history of those K-Class submarines. They were crazy, enormous, steam-powered submarines from the First World War. Not only do we have an audio episode on their troubled history, but we have also animated a super-complicated ship plan from the collections of the National Maritime Museum in London to make it understandable. And the result is amazing. It's an entirely innovative way to present and understand ship plans. I'm very proud of it and you can find it on the Mariner's Mirror podcast, YouTube channel and the Society for Nautical Research's Facebook page. And, and, and just for this episode we've also done something extremely clever with a 3D image of the remains of one of the wrecks from Abilady Bay and a 3D reconstruction of what an X-craft would have looked like. And we've overlain the two and created a fly over video so you can see both the remains and the ship itself in situ on the seabed. I came up with the idea and the brilliant people at Wessex said, no problem Sam at all. They made it come to life. I'm very grateful indeed for their creativity and efficiency. Thank you so much. Enough of all of this. Here is Ben and his fabulous project. Ben, thanks so much for being here today. Tell me about this brilliant project. Um, so the Abilady X-Craft project is uh, predominantly about using archaeology as a, a vehicle to improve mental health and to um, pull people out of isolation uh, and um, remove them from, from, from being feeling alone and feeling um, particularly low. Um, and in this case, we were doing a, this project with um, military veterans, some of whom were going through uh, were, um, with PTSD or other um, conditions that meant that they were feeling particularly isolated, particularly during the COVID uh, pandemic during the winter of 2020, 2021. Um, and he was using the two um, x wrecks, which are two um, miniature submarine wrecks from World War Two that are in Abilady Bay in East Lothian. Um, they're in the intertidal zone. Um, at, or just off one of the nature reserves in the sands and uh, they were put there in 1946 uh, as part of weapons trials uh, to 
investigate what happened to um, pressurized steel hulls um, when they were attacked by aircraft using um, different types of ammunition. Uh, so so the, the, the British bombed these aircraft to see what happened? Yeah, essentially. I mean, they specifically, I think it was uh, there was a mosquito and uh, a sea fire, and they used uh, 35 millimeter cannon um, uh, ammunition, and um, I think it was between armor piercing and high explosive to see which one did more damage and which one was more likely to sink um, a submarine. So it's all part of a, um, the coastal command um, aspect of, of shifting from the, the the aspect of the Second World War, the, the techniques of fighting during the Second World War, and then potentially then developing into the post-war combat and post-war um, uh, interactions with other um, military forces. So there's, a, there's significant remains of these craft on the beach. I mean, they're, they're known locally. Um, they're interesting things. So you're actually getting people involved with, um, with oh, like, sort of curiosities, curiosities yeah. around the coast. Indeed. I mean, they're, they're quite well known within East Lothian, um, and people like to go and walk to them. I mean, it's in... The sands in East Lothian are, um, particularly in Abilene Bay, are quite treacherous. You need to be quite careful as where you go, but you can walk out from the local nature reserve there. Um, and uh, particularly if you pick a good tide where you've got um, some of the big spring tides, you've got a good couple of hours out by the wrecks. People cycle out to them on the big wheel bikes and that sort of stuff. And uh, yeah, they're, they're fairly well known within the area. And they are quite, it's it's an odd sort of thing to see. You've got this huge expanse of, of um, flat sand um, from the tidal thing. And then there's a big concrete block um, which are actually two um, anti-tank invasion blocks that have been moved there as anchors. And then either side of that, one to the north east and one to the southwest, you've got these two sort of cigar-shaped green um, metal objects. Um, and what, what sort of remains is the, is the pressure hull, the, uh, the thicker steel um, hull of the, of the, of the, the cigar part of the submarine, essentially, um, with the two hatches and the periscope dome in between them, and then some of the... Uh, the other parts of the upper works and the uh, the thinner uh, metal just about surviving but you can see into the wrecks because obviously the, the metal work started to break down um it's been exposed to the sea for the last 80 years so it's all starting to sort of, sort of break apart so it's a good time to do this survey um to sort of record them before they're completely lost yeah give us a sense of the size of them because they're really not very big are they no no they're not um i'm just trying to find the uh the measurements for you they are really quite quite tiny um and they had a crew yeah. of four um well they originally had a crew of of um of three uh and then they realized that actually they needed to have a few more than that um but these are really quite tiny um machines they've got they've got a beam of 1.7 meters i think and they're about 30 meters long um is that about right yes but then obviously with the um with all the internal fittings and that sort of stuff, you're looking at a lot smaller space. And you can get the idea, there's a, a fantastic example. The only surviving um, complete one is at the Submarine Museum in Gosport, X-24. Um, and yeah, I've been in it. I, 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 barely, I barely got in it, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Really, being, being a claustrophobic person, um, completely appalling. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I wouldn't um, want to be it. I'm, I'm six foot and I, I would struggle. I think a lot of the submariners tend to be a bit shorter anyway, but uh, even, for, even for submarines, these were very very small and do we know a, lo a lot about how they were used in the war um a fair amount yeah so um they were mostly based uh, out at port bannatyne on butte in the clyde um estuary um certainly the the the, the examples at um uh, abelady are xt versions so they're the, they're the training versions um that were used six of them were built and then you have i think between I think, 18 of the full versions were built 12 of which were um 
the, the original design of the X-Craft and uh, six of which were converted for uh, use in the Far East. Um, and their first sort of mission um, was uh, against the Tirpitz in the Norwegian fjords um, to try and uh, damage that, which they were partially success successful of. I think there was a couple of VCs that came out of that. Um, and um, one Kronkraft was completely lost. Um, no one knows where that went or where the crew went. And the other two um, succeeded in dropping their, uh, their payloads, which are two um, saddle... Uh, containers of um, um, high explosives. So they either, either so rather, than having sub, uh, rather than having torpedoes or having mines, these submarines had sort of uh, saddle tanks of Amatol um, high explosive, um, and they could go underneath a, a ship, um, drop the side tanks, um, which then sort of settled on the bottom. They did a few experiments because early on the Amatol was, um, wasn't high density enough and the tanks used to float to the surface, which is a little bit embarrassing for anybody involved in that. Um, but they did some tests the, the things would sink to the bottom and then the, they'd explode and the pressure wave would break the ship's back. Well, the, con the concept was the pressure wave would, would, mm. the bomb would break the ship's back and it would, it would sink. Um, so they successfully sink, um, put down two or three of the uh, of those saddle tanks, damaged the turpits, um, which meant that uh, she couldn't sail for another um, few months, um, kept her in uh, the fjord there until the dam busters were able to go and destroy her later on. Um, they were also used in the D-Day landings as uh, signal craft, um, guiding in the commando raids um, into um, onto the Normandy beaches. Um, so they were able to sneak sneak in quite close to the to the uh, the, um, the coast because they're such shallow draft. And then they had a, a light focused back out it to sea to guide in um, craft onto the uh, onto the D-Day beaches. Um, and they were also then used in the Far East, uh, the converted ones were, um, to attempt to um, cut a couple of um, submarine uh, telegraph cables uh, to try and force the Japanese to use radio um, communications because we'd broken their codes at that point. Uh, and they also did a couple of, of other raids on shipping um, within the Far East as well. Um, but I mean, not, not overly used, but they, they, the view was that they, they paid back their um, amount of time. I mean, they were very dangerous as well. You, they, because they're so cramped, they were towed to their um, sort of cast-off positions by um, bigger submarines, ST and U-class submarines, um, and they'd have a passage crew of three or four on board to look after the craft on the passage to that point. And then at that point, they'd swap over, and the and the um, the mission crew would join. Um, and there was a couple of cases where uh, the in the middle of towing. Um, something went wrong and the, the aircraft sank with the passage, the passage crew on board and they were lost. Um, so it was passage, being a passage crew was no means a, a, an easy job um, or a non-dangerous one, just possibly slightly less dangerous than the actual missions themselves, but still pretty risky. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quinn's. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. 
millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Mm. I love this idea of um, uh, using archaeology in the modern day to help with people's mental health and help people get focused and have a sense of purpose. Um, Who came up with that idea? Where, Where did that come from? Well, I mean, it's not particularly new. I think it's really, I mean, archaeology is a very practical um, thing. It gives you, it uses a lot of wide range of skills. You have to, it tends to be quite sociable um, and it, it, it's outdoors. It's, it's, it makes you, you know, move in a boat. You're doing lots of things that, that it release the natural endorphins and, and keep you, um, you know, rebalance the sort of the brain in that way. Um, it's a lot of it has come out of a lot of what we do, particularly around the military veterans um, aspect comes out of um, Operation Nightingale, which is a, a ministry of defense um uh, program of doing archaeological work, particularly involving veterans, on military bases. I mean, so the, the MOD owns a large amount of, of land and, and, and parts of the UK um, and um, sovereign bases abroad. Uh, and they have a, a legal re- responsibility to look after and protect uh, the archaeology on those bases. Um, so they employ two uh, archaeologists through the, the Defence Infrastructure Organisation. And those archaeologists are are there to to ensure that the archaeology on the, on the basis is is looked after. Um, but part of that is obviously making sure they understand the military, the um, archaeological resource on those bases, and doing little bits of extra work to find out what's there. You know, working through um, uh, evaluation, trenching, or um, other bits of work. And that means that they can. Uh, there's a there's a real resource there that they can use, and they have. The, a lot of these guys, so Richard Osgood at the DIO um, and his, his uh, colleagues have run Operation Nightingale for the last 10 to 15 years, um, bringing together people who are interested within within the, the veterans groups um, in archaeology and also then reaching out to veterans who are not necessarily quite so connected or are isolated and um, feeling particularly low. And it, it, it's been demonstrated um, that it, there is a, an enormous benefit um, to mental health. Um, so um, Richard Bennett at Breaking Ground Heritage, who is one of our, our co-organisations um, pro- uh, on this project, um, has done a lot of work um, doing evaluations of uh, mental health of volunteers before and after projects. And it has shown there is a statistical um, improvement in people's mental health and self-regard and all this sort of stuff and not just that you're also getting skills but you're you're getting the confidence to put those skills into practice you're making new friends you're you're realizing that not everything you're feeling is just you other people feel these things you can talk through your experience you can talk through what's happened how you feel about things with with people who you um think will empathize more because they're also combat veterans or they're also um, military veterans of some kind so it makes it a bit easier for people to open up who wouldn't necessarily want to open up in other circumstances um, yeah. and it's, it, yeah, it's such it's a lovely a really, idea yeah yeah and I'd really encourage my listeners out there listeners if you know if, if you're feeling feeling a bit a bit peaky I'd get out and do something get involved with some local archaeology there are all sorts of wonderful projects 
Um, uh, there's this one, and also the Citizen Coastal and Intertidal Zone Archaeology Network. Um, that is literally designed to get people like you involved. Um, so do please check that out as well. Um, and we should say uh, now that um, I've been working with Ben on making a little video demonstrating what these volunteers have actually um, managed to do by surveying the wrecks and um, imposing a kind of a 3D model of the X-Craft of what it would have been like on top of the remains. So you can see not only the remains, what's there, but also uh, the, the full glory of these um, death trap coffin submarines, I think is probably a fair way of putting it. Uh, so what, what was the actual work? You know, how, how did you go about making these 3D models? Um, so the, the initial... Um project was well the initial part of the project was to go and survey these these models so we did a, a photogrammetric survey which is essentially taking lots and lots of photos from different angles all around the wrecks um so we went out with a couple with a few veterans and um taught them about the, the concept of photogrammetry how it all, it all works and and then got them to take a load of photos around the wrecks um, um and that was during september uh, last year um and the idea was it's a, it's a safe way to do training during covid it's very very um open air uh the wind was blasting through um, it was highly ventilated. I think would be the best way to look at it. And uh, <laughs> I think Scotland um, is highly ventilated anyway, isn't it? Quite a lot of the time. Yeah, there's, there's no shortage yeah. of air up here. Um, and uh, yeah, so we did that. Basically, the idea is you go around the models, um, take it, the, the the what you're trying to take a, uh, do and make a model of, and you take lots and lots of photos at different angles, um, and then from those photos you put them into um, a photogrammetry. Uh, program that then make, looks at um, the individual pixels within the photos um, and uses an algorithm to compare those from different angles and builds up a 3D model out of those photographs. So that's what the, um, the, the, the initial 3D models were made. So we did those at the two recs and then we put that together and sort of discussed a condition survey of them and went through that. Um, the idea was then that this, would in, this was there as a sort of inspiration to the veterans involved in the project to come up, uh, design and, and do their own little research projects. Um, one of which was uh, to create a scale model, uh, to build a scale model of um, an X-Craft and then to hmm. do an artifact scan of that, um, which we then did using uh, an artifact scanner um, and then superimpose it onto the two to sort of to be able to demonstrate how much material has been lost from these over the last eight years. Yeah. And how much is, I mean, how much is there percentage wise, do you reckon? Well, I suppose they're different the, each one. It's difficult. The Eastern wreck is... Um, yeah, the eastern wreck is considerably more broken up. Whether that's just because it's further out into the um, in the, the the fourth, or whether that's just because it's more had different damage to it, um, is a different matter. Um, I reckon there's probably about thirty to forty percent of the eastern wreck left, and maybe forty to sixty percent of the western wreck left overall. They yeah, are breaking down a substantial rapidly. amount, isn't there? They are breaking down mm. rapidly, but there's there's still quite a lot there. And I I greatly enjoy looking at hulks. On kind of on, on beaches and on river banks, um, and you have to kind of exercise your uh, historical imagination. It's like doing it's like doing dot to dot, but um, there are no odd numbers or numbers with a four in it <laughs> and your pen's broken. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah, and someone's taken away half the paper. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, but if you've got forty percent of it, it's better than ten. Um, you know, it does. It, it makes it exactly. a, little, a little easier. Yeah. Well, it's a wonderful project. Um, what do they make the model out of? Is that a wooden model? So they, it's actually it's a kit model, um, but they then have added. A, they've been very careful in sort of looking. We've sent them a load of, of, of copies of the aircraft plans. Um, they've been looking at all the different pictures and all, doing a lot of research into the aircraft themselves to make sure that there's, so there's a few. They noted a few historical inaccuracies in the model itself. Um, the, the kit itself is it's very um, well. Um, 
detailed, but then you can get additional bits to then add in some metalwork and other bits and bobs that are even more detailed. Um, the model itself is, is the one that they did was missing the saddle um, mines uh, at the time when we did the artifact scanning, but they are going to be added on and the whole thing is going to be um, put into a little diorama and then donated to um, the local historical society for their small museum at Abilady. Um Lovely. So it, it's, I it, love a diorama. <laughs> he's the guy who did it was very keen on dioramas so i think it's a little dockyard scene for them um which would be quite nice so yeah um stand by all of you listeners i'm actually about to go and film a diorama of the great eastern at the national maritime museum with the latest uh, ca- kind of camera technology there's this thing called a probe lens right it's like a um it's like a magic wand with a, with a lens at the end and a light in it, and it allows you to get incredibly close and to, to bring all to life. So, um, you know, when you look at a diorama and you imagine, I always imagine myself shrinking down to being as tiny as possible and actually being being there. Um, this kind of will allow us to do it using the latest modern technology. So that's coming soon as well. Uh, ben, you'd definitely you'd be interested in that. Um, so, I mean, how long are these wrecks going to be around for? That's the, the sad story of it is that they are going to vanish, aren't they? Yeah, it's a good question. So we, I mean, we do a lot of work um, looking at the the, the um, long term survivability of wrecks and how they break down when they start to, to structurally break down as part of our um, work for the MOD in other aspects. Um, and 20th century steel wrecks generally are beginning, if they haven't broken down already, they are certainly beginning to lose their structural integrity. Um, and once that happens, you see an acceleration in the, the, the um, removal of material and the damage. They don't break. They break apart. You know, wave action and um, tidal action. Um, damages them to, to get to, alongside the chemical reactions that are going on to break down the, the iron and steel. Um, I mean, I realistically, in, if you, we, there was a, a survey of the Western wreck done uh, 10 years ago, uh, or 15 years ago, sorry, by uh, by a local um, uh, nautical archaeological society volunteer, and the amount of material that's missing just in that time is quite impressive. I, mean, I, I showed her um, some of the, the 3D models, and she was genuinely surprised to see how much mm. had gone. Um, it's, I mean, it's mostly the, the lighter weight material, the thinner um, metalwork, but the, there is a lot of the, the thicker steel also disappearing. Um, parts of the tailplane, uh, parts of the hydroplanes and rudder have gone. Um, so I would say, I mean, realistically, over the next 40 years m- max, um, those are going to are going to disappear realistically. Um, they'll certainly be broken in the next 20 years. I'd expect them to break up more, more extensively, um, and that, yeah, that would just be how it goes i'm afraid um I'm yeah, it's alarming everyone... isn't it it's really important for everyone to everyone out there to realize that you know if there are wrecks around the coast or there are hulks or there's maritime remains that they are not going to be there forever and there is a real burden on our generation to go and um you know to do everything we can to to record them yeah exactly um and it's going to be and that's yeah and that's through the citizen project in uh in in england and through scape in scotland you have these options of, of becoming part of a of the community sort of community of of volunteer marine archaeologists maritime archaeologists going and, and recording these wrecks before they do disappear and that's really important to do there's some fantastic resources out there to get involved in it and i think cherish is the project in wales so there's options for all the three nations in great britain i'm not sure about northern ireland um as to what's there but uh yeah, it's a really important um, aspect of this. Yeah, well, Ben, thank you so much for talking to me today. I will definitely, I'm going to come up and see you guys, see what else you're, you're, you're doing up in Scotland, and I can't wait. Very welcome to you, very welcome to you. I just need to mention uh, but that this project was um, very kindly funded by the National Lottery Community Fund, and we're very thankful to them and to our co-collaborators um, on the project and to all the veterans involved. It's been great. 
Absolutely. Yeah, and um, I think all the veterans involved, if you're going to listen to this, get in touch with me. I can give you something to do as well. We've got all sorts of volunteer opportunities. Um, and so if you've had a little taste for maritime history, do please get in touch with us at the Mariner's Mirror podcast. Ben, thank you so much. Cheers. Well, that's all for now. We have more Scottish stories to follow, including the wonderful story of shipbuilding in Leith and that of Jonas Wiley, a Fife man who made a fortune running guns from Glasgow to the Confederate South during the American Civil War. A little bit of Scotland's hidden history of supporting slavery there. Do please follow us wherever you engage in social media, on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube. But best of all, please join the Society for Nautical Research at snr.org.uk. It really doesn't cost very much, but it supports this podcast. You get four journals a year. You can sign up to come to our annual dinner on board HMS Victory. And it supports all of the Society's worthwhile goodness that it does to publish the world's most important maritime history and to preserving our maritime past.